to dominate in every area of my life. I am here to be equipped to fulfill my God-given assignment. I am here to be empowered to advance the kingdom of God. I command my ears. I command my eyes. I command my heart. Be open to hear and do God's living word today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter. Going to Judges, the sixth chapter. And we're going to read verses. Um, look like we're going to be reading 6 through 10. It says 1 through 10, but I believe it's 6 through 10, but we'll see. No, no, it's actually 1 through 10. It's actually correct. Let's look at it and let's read it together. The word of God says the Israelites did evil in the sight or in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and Amalekites and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I have brought you up out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites, Amorites, in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. You may all be seated as I pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This first year, first, first Sunday in 2021, we're praying that your people would not only be able to hear the word, but we're praying, oh, Father, that they would be able to receive it so that you would empower them to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory in this season. We take nothing for granted, Lord. We honor your leaderships. We honor the gifts that you have put before us. And we're asking, oh Lord, that today you would allow us by, by faith to unravel those gifts that we might receive everything that heaven is saying to us. Father, by the spirit of the living God, I decrease that you might increase. Lord, let every word that I speak be words of life, be words of faith, be words of illumination of your word. Somebody say it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, what I want to do, I believe God wants us to start a new series this month, 
and it's entitled, Get in the Backseat. Look at somebody across the room and say, Get in the Backseat. Come on, look at somebody behind you and tell them, Get in the Backseat. Look at somebody else and say, You've been driving long enough. You've been driving long. You've been in control long enough. It's time for you to get in the backseat. Somebody say amen. <laughs> so the Israelites, the last seven years, everything they did, it failed. They struggled to keep food on their own table and their family's table. They lived in bondage, running and hiding from their enemies daily. And the reason this took place in their life was because they were determined, somebody say, to drive. They wanted to drive their own vehicle to go where they wanted to go. And they refused to get into God's vehicle to go where he promised to take them. So what I want to do is I want to start this new series. And today what we're going to be talking about is get in. Somebody say get in. So what I want to encourage you to do, this is the season like none other, to get into God's plan, to get into God's purpose, to get into God's agenda. What I love Elder Hicks to reveal to people is that God has a way of doing things. God has a system that he wants all of us to submit to in order to take us into where he is calling us to be. I believe this is going to be a great year for every individual that makes up their mind. I'm getting in even if my siblings don't get in with me. I'm getting in even if my spouse decide not to get in. I'm getting in even if the pastor refused to go where God is taking him. Somebody say, I'm getting in. I'm getting in. I'm determined to do things in 2021 somebody say God's way so we see here in this story very powerful story that the Israelites biggest problem was not the Midianites nor the uh, uh, Amorites although it appeared that way the reality of it is their biggest problem was for seven years they wanted to drive themselves and their family to a destination that they decided in their heart they wanted to be at in that year. Do you know one of the biggest disappointments that take place in the house of God is that when we believe God for things in years and in seasons that God is not speaking about in that season. So we pray about it and we try to push on God to do something uh, for us out of season when we can wait on God to be confident in God to know what is it, God, that you want to do in this season. Somebody say, God, whatever you want to do in this season, I'm going to cooperate with you. If it's not my season to date, I'm not going to force myself. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to force myself to date. If it's not my season to get promoted, I'm not going to force myself to be promoted. If it's not my season to move into my new house I'm not going to force myself to move it if it's not my season to get my new car I'm not going to force myself to pay a car note mother that I didn't want in the first place somebody say God whatever you're doing in this season I'm going to get into your purpose come on somebody I'm going to get into your plan I'm going to get into your agenda I'm getting in the back seat look at somebody and say get in the back seat get in the back seat So the Israelites, they, they planned out, they mapped out, and they thought out by themselves what they wanted their new chapter to look like. 
And I believe that's one of the things that we have to be careful of. How many of y'all know that God wants us to prosper? How many of y'all know God wants us to thrive? God wants our way to be made beautiful. But the reality of it is he wants us to walk with him. Somebody say every step of the way. So the Israelites for seven years, y'all know the Israelites, man, they were some stiff-necked people. It took them seven years to realize I'm driving myself into a wall every year. Every year, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Israelites, seven years. Every year they had a New Year's resolution that they put God in but did not want God to control. What God is saying to us, Elder, Elder Hicks, today, the first Sunday in 2021, it's time for you to let go of control. It's time for you to stop trying to push me to do something for you that's not a part of my plan in this season. Can I talk? It's time for you to stop trying to do things that I didn't call you to do. Somebody say, I'm getting in the back seat. It's too hard trying to drive my life. Y'all don't understand today. It's too hard being in the driver's seat trying to figure out which where the potholes going to be at when I live in Detroit. Come on, son. it's too hard. God is telling us in these last days, 2021, he's telling us to get in the back seat. So we see here in this story, for seven years, they refused to listen to what God said. So they never felt safe. We have a lot of believers today. They don't feel safe. They lived in fear. We have believers today, Elder Parker, that are living in fear. And things got bad for them year after year after year. Why? Because they wanted to drive. And what I want to reveal to you is that today we have this false misconception that we are supposed to be in control of our lives. That's why the early disciples were so powerful and walked in so much power is because they knew who was Lord. They knew who was master. We have to remind you in the church that Jesus is your Lord. Any opinion, any thoughts, any decisions that you make outside of Jesus, you're making yourself your Lord. You have to come to a place where you're going to allow him to control. But we were not designed, listen to me today, saints, to drive, not even to be in the front seat of our lives. We were created to get in the back seat. Can I tell you who the driver is? The driver's seat is reserved for the father. Look at somebody and say, the driver's seat in my life is, is reserved for the father. And, and on the right side, somebody say the right side. In America, we have a right side where there's a passenger. And somebody say, the passenger seat is reserved for Jesus. And behind my engine, somebody say, is the Holy Ghost. I'm stirring my head. Stir that engine up. We have to come to a place in this season, and a lot of people think losing control of their life diminishes them or cause their thoughts not to matter or cause their opinions not to matter. But what it does is it really empowers you because whenever you let go of control, you say Jesus is in control. Now I can align myself to really get to where I'm supposed to go in him. Whenever I want to keep control, Minister Stephen, then I'm no longer empowered to go where God has taken me. 
Somebody say, I'm getting in the back seat. I don't know about you. 2021 is my year to sit back, relax, and say, God, I thank you for moving mountains out of my way. God, I thank you for providing for me. God, I thank you for placing me in the ministry that you have for me because you said those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Somebody say, God, I thank you for this season because this season will be like no other season because as long as you're driving, you know every pothole, you know every car that would have caused me to have an accident. You know when it's going to get dark. You know what exit I'm supposed to come up on. Somebody say, Jesus, take the wheel. So when the, when the father saw them trying to drive, it displeased him. And what I love about God, God doesn't come and rescue us the first time we bump our head, Minister Jasmine. The first time we get ourselves in trouble, he don't just come and rescue us. What does he do? He wait until we call on him. So write this down in your notes. The first key I want to give you to get in in this season in 2021 is you need to learn how to call on the Lord. You need to learn how to call on him. You need to understand that God wants you in his plans. He wants you in his purpose. He wants you in his agenda. God wants you in his peace. He wants you in his joy. He wants you in his love. God wants you in his body. He wants you in his calling. He wants you in his anointing. But what do you got to do? You must learn how to call on him. Romans 10, 13, look at what it says. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word call in Greek, look at what it means. It means to call on someone or to appeal to someone. How many of y'all know our God is not just a king, he's also a judge. And the Bible is saying to us that if we make our appeal, God, you are my source, appeal. God, you are my deliverer, appeal. God, you are my way out of no way, appeal. God, I know that you can get me out of this situation even if I got myself into it. Appeal to the judge because he's the only one that can get us into the places that he has predestined for us to be. And then this word save in the Greek, it means sozo. Look at what it means to save, make whole, heal, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction, and deliver you from hell. So, so what you need to understand is that that, that word in, is telling us those that call on the Lord. Somebody say one call. You need to know today that one call to the Lord can make you whole. One call to the Lord can heal you. One call to the Lord can keep you sound and safe. Somebody say one call. One call can rescue you from danger. One call can rescue you from destruction. One call can deliver you from hell. Somebody say one call this morning. One call can realign you with God's purpose and his promise for your life. One call can refocus your life. One call can restore your life. One call can rebuild you. Somebody say all you need to do in this season is to make one call because after after you call, God is going to move. Look at somebody across the room and say, after you call, God is going to move. And anything in your way, once God moves, got to get out of your way. So we see in the word of God in Luke, the 18th chapter, the 38th verse, we see that the blind man called on the Lord and minister Lightfoot, they tried to quiet him down. They said, stop calling on the Lord. And what happened? The blind man continued to call on the Lord. And the word of God says that Jesus said, your faith, your call, somebody say, your call <laughs> has made you whole. Come on. Uh, we see that there was a man on a cross in Luke, the 23rd chapter, the 42nd verse. Somebody say, he called on the Lord. And after 
after he called, watch this one call from him. He didn't do anything good in his life, but somebody say one call. One call caused Jesus to open his mouth and say, today, somebody say, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Don't tell me what my God can't do when you put faith in him and you call upon him. Now we're in this story, and we see that the Israelites called on the Lord, and look at what he does, Elder Parker. He sends them a prophet. The second key I want to give you in order to get in in this season, somebody say, believe his prophets. I remember on uh, New Year's service, I, I spoke over our cousin's Lynetta's uh, life. And when I spoke over Lynetta's life, one of the things that God began to show me that if she aligned herself up with God's plan and God's purpose for her life, he began to show me, Jasmine, that she would get married in the near future. He began to show me that she would uh, uh, oversee businesses. He began to show me that if she lacks today in her future, there is no lack. But, Jasmine, she has to be determined to do things from this day forward God's way. She couldn't get to that uh, uh, future that I saw in the spirit by driving herself. She had to get out of that driver's seat and get in the back seat for her to be able to go where I saw God was taking her. Somebody say, this is my season to stop driving and to get in the back seat. See, when you're in the back seat, you're letting God know that I trust you even though I can't see that far ahead. I trust you even though I can't see the rear view to be able to see behind me. I trust you even though I can only see a little bit on my left and a little bit on my right because I'm in the backseat. When you get in the backseat, you're telling God, I don't care what come up against me. I don't care who's for me or who's against me. Wherever you take me, that's where I am going. Somebody say, God, you are in the driver's seat in 2021. Even in my mistakes in 2021, I'm going to get out of that driver's seat and say, Lord, forgive me. I tried to drive again. I got into an accident again. I made a mistake again. I got to turn around again. I got to listen to Siri again wrong direction come on somebody but this season i'm getting in the back seat and wherever god goes i'm going to go with him wherever god turns i'm going to turn with him wherever god get off on the exit somebody say i'm getting off with him somebody pulling on me y'all got me preaching in here I'm, I'm telling you there's something man of god about that back seat The second key, you have to believe. Somebody say you got to believe his prophets. Now, today, what I want you to understand, even as I'm, I'm talking about believe his prophet, how many of y'all know you got a prophet in you? His name is the Holy Spirit. You have to believe not just what the people or the prophets that God has said in the body has said, but in this season is your time to believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You have to believe what the Holy Spirit is birthing in you. You don't go to church. You don't stay at home from church because your mind or your feelings or your emotions tell you to stay at home. You only stay at home from church if the Spirit tell you to stay. Do y'all know there are people that didn't leave their house in 2020 and still got the virus? Didn't leave their house. They say, what happened? Some people said it might have been a male. What happened? They were going by their intellect. And they were trying to withhold or withstand from something that they couldn't see. 
They were running from something that they couldn't see. And the reality of it is, whenever you're facing an enemy you can't see, you need to go into the invisible yourself and, and confront and appeal a God that you can't see. And say, God, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know which way to go. But I'm not going to try to figure this out. And I'm I'm. Sure, I'm trying to figure out the word right word. I'm really not going to follow the newscaster. I'm really not going to follow what this government said. Somebody say, I'm under a new government. Now, 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 Elder Parker, I'm not knocking anybody that decides to stay home, but I'm telling you it's a new season. I'm telling you, this is a new chapter. You can't do what you did in 2020 and think that you can get the rewards that God wanted to give you in 2021. All I'm saying is God told me to tell you to get in the back seat. God told me to tell you, stop trying to drive a vehicle that don't belong to you. You don't have the title to this car. You, don't, you didn't pay for this car. Somebody say, I've been bought with a price. Let me, okay, okay. I hope y'all understand where I'm going. I hope y'all <laughs> understand what I'm saying. Is that God is saying in this season, you can try to follow your intellect. You, you can f- try to follow your emotion. You can, you can believe in your heart of hearts that you're doing the right thing for your family. But if you're not being led by the Spirit, if you don't allow that prophet within you to speak, I don't care how great and that your ideas are. The reality of it is you can't really prosper as a believer until you open your ears to hear what God is saying. Look at this, 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, the 20th verse. The Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Look at what he said. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. You can't call on him unless you believe in him. So when you called on him, you signified in the earth realm that I believe in a God that's in another dimension. I believe in a God that is in heaven. And then he says, I'm glad that you called on me, Jasmine, because now I can establish you. But the second thing you need to learn how to do is believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. After the Israelites called on the Lord, watch this, he didn't come to them. He sent a prophet. The second key for you to get in the back seat in this season is for you to believe in his prophets. Now, let me reveal to you a prophet. Now, now somebody just say, I got a prophet in me. I got a prophet. You, you don't have to have the mantle. You don't have to be uh, uh, called. Aside. There are prophets that God has given the mantle, and they prophesy, and they, they lead governments, etc. They can change your life with one word. But I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is a prophet inside of you. And he's waiting on you to listen to him and stop listening to your emotions. Stop listening to your feelings. Stop assuming things. Stop doing things based on what happened in your past. Some people in the body of Christ will say, well, I got sick last year, so so I don't want to put myself at risk. Is that what God is saying? Because the last time I checked, by his stripes, I am healed. I'm not going to allow, listen to me, people of God, stop allowing your experiences, your past experiences to put you in a cage to stop believing God. 
Because the enemy will convince you that you're doing the right thing. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, the steps of a good man, the steps of a good woman are ordered by who? Not by you making decisions based on your past mistakes, failures, regrets. It's based on you being ordered by the Lord. Somebody say, in 2020, I'm going to be ordered. My mother might not be ordered. My cousin might not be ordered. My ministers, the elders, they might not be ordered. But somebody say in 2021, I'm going to be ordered by the Lord. So look at what prophets do. Prophets reveal the mind of the Lord to his peoples. Prophets, they reveal God's living word. They give clarity. They give instructions and understanding for God's people to do what? To move forward. Whenever you reject the prophetic in you and around you, then you re, you're, you're telling yourself that I'm refusing to move forward. See, a lot of people are okay with where they are right now. That's why they are not listening to what anybody else say. God to send them a leader. I don't want to hear you. I'm good where I'm at. God to send them a prophet. I don't want to hear you. I'm good where I'm at. God to send them a teacher. I don't want to hear you. I'm good where I'm at. Why? Because where they are, they have not just settled, but they have become content, and they believe that this is where they're supposed to be when God is always trying to do what? Move us forward. God said, this latter house shall be greater than the former. He was trying to let the people of God know, I'm always trying to get you from where you are to another place. Somebody say, I'm going to another place. But you can't get to that other place, Elder Parker, if you're unwilling to follow instructions. Look at this word. Look at, look at Judges, the six chapters, 7 through 10. Look at what God did after they called. The Bible says when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a what? A prophet. And the prophet began to explain to them. Look at what he told them. He said, this is what the Lord of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt. Look, let me talk to you for a minute. Out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am your God. <laughs> Do not worship the gods of the, give me that word again, Amorites. I don't know why I can't see it today. In whose land you live, but you have not listened. So the prophet comes and he say, you know, you, you looking at this accident you just got in, and you're trying to blame the Lord for you not following instructions. <laughs> so look at what the prophet does, Elder Parker. The prophet clarifies to them, God is not your oppressor. God is your deliverer. Today, Jasmine, do you know there are a lot of people walking around, even in the faith, saying, God did this to me. God, I believe just God is just getting me because of my disobedience. This, this, God is God caused my brother to die. And all. No, no, God ain't doing none of that. God is allowing it because you're refusing to follow instruction. But the moment you repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, is the moment that God is able to restore you, is the moment that God is able to reveal you, the moment that God is able to re realign you when you do what? The moment you call on him and say, Lord, forgive me, I appeal to heaven. And I'm going to believe in your prophet. So this prophet, he comes to clarify to them, look, God is not your oppressor. Look at what it says in John 10, 10. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jarrell. But what does the word of God say? I have come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. Jesus was telling them, listen, don't be charging me 
with stealing anything from you, with killing any of your relatives, with oppressing you. The Bible says uh, uh, God did not give us the spirit of fear but of power. Don't be charging me with fear saying I brought this upon you. I gave you the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. So this prophet comes to reveal some things to him. Look, look at what he says. The prophet reveals to them through the word of wisdom why they are so defeated. The prophet reminds them of the instructions they have not been following. So we have to understand is that I have to, in order to get in the back seat in this season, I have to be conscious to what the spirit of God is saying within me. I have to be sensitive to what the spirit of God is saying within me. And as he speaks, that's when I act. Have you ever seen a backseat driver that tried to take off? Have you ever been driving in a person in the backseat? Turn here. Turn left. You know, if you're married, you're really in trouble because you know your wife is like, hey, I know it's like she. I like, I don't know my way home. Turn, oh, this is cast. <laughs> Imagine somebody in the back. At least she's in the passenger seat. Imagine somebody in the back. You saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you look back, would you shut up? Look at somebody and say, God knows where he's taking you. You know, people nowadays, James, they don't even want to follow Siri. Oh, I know a quicker way. She, she trying to get you to avoid traffic. <laughs> James just pointed at himself. That's funny. I spoke to him. You know, she trying to get you like, no, I'm going on 94 today. She's trying to get you around. If Siri can talk, she will tell you, get in the backseat. <laughs> so, so can I minister to you today? God wants you in his plans. He wants you in his purpose. He wants you in his agenda. God wants you in his peace. He wants you in his joy. He wants you in his love. God wants you in his body. He wants you in his calling, in his anointing. But what do you got to do? You must believe the word that God has given you. You must believe in his prophet. Somebody saying this season, I'm going to believe in the prophet. The prophet in me and the prophets that God sent to me. So God will give you clarity. He will give you wisdom. He will give you understanding if you are willing to believe in his prophets. The biggest problem with the church today is that we're, we're rejecting the prophetic. And it's not just the people that come to prophesy, but it's also the prophetic in us. And let me tell you why. And, and, and I talked to a young lady. I'm, I'm excited when Deshaka come and join our ministry because she's a prophetess. And she, she was trying to find a church home. God said, hey, this is the place for me. But, but let me tell you why people reject it. People reject the prophetic because there are many leaders that don't have the mantle of the prophetic that says if you make one mistake, then you're a false prophet. There are preachers and, and, and people that are already afraid of the prophetic because when people are operating accurate in the prophetic, us as a culture, we want to put somebody higher than somebody else when we're all functioning 
in our calling and what God has called us into for us to move the body alone. But the biggest problem, Jasmine, is that when you make a mistake and you thought you heard from God and you get it wrong, many in the Bible are ready to put you off and call you a false prophet. God didn't call you. God didn't send you. And so they do that, and they don't know that when you do that, you don't give the vessel that God has put in the church or in the body or the spirit of God that God has put in you. You don't give him opportunity to grow you up and develop you because you're ready to shun anything that you hear now because of a failure that a man made or a failure that you made. But individuals that actually have the mantle of the prophetic, they understand that it's impossible to always get everything right when you open your mouth. Can, can I put it to you in a word? In the word, Paul the apostle, he felt led to go to a city. God had to come to him in a dream to tell him, that's not the city that I want you to go into. The Bible says that we are to exercise our senses in Hebrews to figure out what is good and what is not good. It's time out for people rejecting the prophetic because of past mistakes. You need to accept knowing that you have a God that is able to restore, that is able to deliver, that is able to heal, and that is able to push you forward when you are willing to believe in his prophets. The, the devil loves when we reject the prophetic because you can't reject the prophetic that God has put in his body without rejecting the prophetic that he has put in you. Are y'all seeing how this works? And so a lot of people, what happens is they get afraid. And, and I've been around prophets. Oh, you, the Lord, the Lord is always right. The Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are an imperfect vessel. And you have to give yourself the opportunity to grow. And if you made a mistake, and I'm not just talking about you just prophesying, just, uh, you know, some people, they know they make mistakes because they just try to go above and beyond. Oh, you, you go be richer than Solomon and all. Come on. Everything that you should say, first and foremost, should line up with the word. Somebody say amen to that. If it doesn't line up with the word, then we got a problem anywhere. But I'm talking about individuals that have prophesied that had genuine mistakes. They just sensed it wrong in the spirit. They just saw it wrong in the spirit. And you have to understand the house of God is not a house where we reject people that get it wrong, but we inspire people to keep trying until they hear right. Are you understanding? You know, um, I remember years ago, and, and the Lord brought this to my, to my remembrance years ago. You know, uh, the first girl I thought was my wife, I didn't hear right from the Lord. <laughs> Y'all hear my wife in the front seat like, no, you didn't. And, and, and what, what, what's amazing about it, y'all, I thought I heard right in the church. The prophetic was flowing. The anointing was there. How many of y'all know y'all have to be careful in the house of God, even what you believe you hear, because the enemy is going to try to use the house in order to encourage us. Elder Hicks, I think we got a problem up here. In order to encourage us to do something out of season and out of time. And so what I had to do is I had to say, okay, Lord, I got it wrong that time. That doesn't mean I'm still not listening and I'm still not watching to see when I can get it right. Uh -huh, y'all. 
I was over in Africa, Jasmine, and, and this man of God was telling me a story. I don't know why I'm going here. Y'all got me off your message. Somebody need to hear this. I was over in Africa, and I was ministering to different cities in Africa, and this man of God, this pastor, he was telling me God showed him his wife in a dream, and he said he told his wife that that was his wife, and one whole year she didn't speak to him. I was like, man, that's, that's, that's hard. I don't know if I want to deal with that situation. Then he said next year rolled around. Somebody say 2021 rolled around. And then his wife reconnected with him somehow, some way, and they got married that year. So I'm listening to this story, and Elder Hicks, my faith arise. And I say, Lord, if you show him his wife in a dream, then show me my wife. It was less than five seconds. And God opened my eyes, and I saw Kristen. And I was mad when God showed me Kristen because she was so hard to get. <laughs> I was like, man, this is going to be some work, Minister Steve. But I didn't let nobody talk, talk me out of it. Somebody said, when well, you catch a big fish, you're going to have to. Yeah, you gonna... <laughs> All right, I'm done. What I'm really trying to share with you, <laughs> what I... <laughs> Say, work for it, work for it. Some of us don't want to work for it. What I'm really trying to share with you all is that you might have missed it in the past. Somebody else God connected you with might have missed it in the past. Don't allow their miss or your miss to stop you from listening and stop you from looking to see and hear what God is saying to you. Somebody say amen to that. So look at this. Let me get back on track. If you are willing to believe his promise. So some people do not want to hear what God is saying because they want to drive. They want to be in control. They want their feelings, opinions, and thoughts to matter. <laughs> but can I tell y'all this morning, we have not been called to live by our feelings. We have not been called to live by our opinions nor our thoughts. We'll have, what, what have we been called to do? Hebrews 10.38, it says, we, the just shall live by faith. We have been called to live by faith. And even what I said just now, a lot of people can't get it. But I'm telling you, I prophesied to thousands of people. And I've seen people inside of churches where they feel as if, oh, my God, you're, you're going straight to hell because you missed it. When they lied yesterday. Are y'all seeing where I'm going? Where they sinned yesterday, they made mistakes yesterday. But because you missed it trying to do something that God has called you to do. Now you got to be ostracized. We have to grow up. Somebody say, we got to grow up. The Bible says, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. So in order to get in, what's the first key? Somebody tell me. What's the first key to be able to get in? You have to call on the Lord. What's the second key? You have to do what? Believe his promise. We're at the third and final key right now. Third and final key I want to give you to get in is we have to follow God-sent leaders. We have to be willing to follow. Somebody say, God-sent. Whenever you connect with the local assembly, you have to hear from the Lord for yourself to make sure that you are where God has planted you because you are responsible to line up with God-sent leaderships and God is holding you responsible to move with them and not against them. Are y'all hearing me today? To move with them. God will put you in a local assembly. He will connect you with the local ministry if he wanted you to come in and move against them. Somebody say amen to that. Somebody say, I'm getting in the back seat. In the back seat, you can go to sleep and still get to your destination. Uh, in the back seat, 
You don't need no money to eat because when you when they go to the drive-through window, they the one taking the order for you. And I never seen a cashier try to go to the back seat to ask for some money. Somebody say my meal's taken care of. So first we see the Israelites call on the Lord. Second, we see they believed in the prophet. And then third and final, we see God sends a God-sent leader. And we're going to get into this more uh, next Sunday. We're going to drive it home. But I want you to know in this season, I believe we're in a season where God is sending people into ministries that will call on him by faith, that will believe his prophets, and that will follow leadership. God did not go to the people after they called. Look at what he did. He sent a prophet, then went to find a leader. Do y'all see how God flows? Really, we have to be honest with ourselves. If we can't trust the people that God put before us, then we're really saying that we really can't trust him. I remember, Mother, years ago when I first gave my life to the Lord, and, uh, and I got saved in my basement. Nobody came to me. Uh, nobody, nobody witnessed to me. I opened up an old Bible my mother bought me for Christmas, and I was reading Proverbs, and God just showed up and, and just changed my life, saved my life, and one day I was completely saved. I, I was, you know, when you first get saved, I was holier than thou. You know, I would look at people and say, you know, oh, my God, and then God had to get that judgmental spirit out of my life. But, but I was really saved. Things really changed instantaneously in my life. And as I was serving the Lord, I was at St. Luke for about a year, and then God uh, spoke to me through a lady at a gas station and said, uh, why don't you go and try Apostle Coleman's church? And, and he teaches where a baby can understand because she saw my hunger. She saw my desire to grow and to develop. And I went over there, man, and, and when I went over there, uh, about that time, I started reading Acts. Somebody say the book of Acts. Now, now listen to me. I didn't know anything you know, about the things of God. I didn't, you know, I'm just, I'm just a young man. I'm hungry. And I get to Acts and one thing about people that have not been in the church, Elder, Elder Parker, one of the beautiful things about them is that you, you can't convince them not to believe. See, in the church, a lot of times, we convince people not to believe because of our experiences. So I'm in the book of Acts, and I say, whoa, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I kept reading. Somebody say, I kept reading. And I saw that every disciple that Jesus had got filled. I saw that every disciple of Paul got filled. Every disciple of Peter got filled. I say, wait a minute. Uh, 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 salvation must have benefits. Yes, yes. I said, Lord, I want to be filled. So I went. It was on a Thursday night. I'll never forget it. I went up. I said, Apostle Coleman, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2.38. Come on. And, uh, and I got filled that night. And my life has never been the same. And what I want to encourage you today is that God is raising up people that will take him at his word. Individuals that will follow leadership in order to be able to go where God has taken them in this season. Somebody say amen to that. So what I want you to know is Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, what did he say? He said, follow me as I what? Follow Christ. Many of us live in a culture that constantly devalues leadership. You know, we, we have a special culture, Jasmine, because we can go on Facebook and cuss out the president. <laughs> we can tell him he ain't none, his mama ain't none, his cousin, his wife, his daughter, his, the president, the man that can drop one bomb in another nation and wipe out the whole nation. We could go on there and just talk him down, the government down, anybody, leaders. You know, it's amazing to me, and, 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 and you know, we look at mega churches, 
and, and big churches, and, and we always can find something that they're doing wrong. <laughs> and we talk them down, and then, Minister Stephen, we go to our prayer closet, and we say, Lord, I want you to take me where you have taken Joel Osteen. But you just talked them down yesterday. But you're believing God to take you somewhere that you're devaluing. You come into a ministry, God has called you to a pastor, and the pastor that you're up under is doing everything you wouldn't do. But you want God to take your ministry to the next level. God is saying, this is a season where we got to get in the back seat and cooperate with him so that we can align ourselves with what he is saying and what he is doing. Somebody say to go to the next place. So look at this. You can't get in this car without honor. We got to honor leadership. No matter if they make mistakes, no matter if they say things wrong. How many of y'all know that if God placed them there, then you have no right to put your mouth on what God has placed there. You need to go before God and say, God, help me. If you have planted me here, help me to do what I need to do because I'm trying to go where you are taking me. That's the last thing I would do. I remember years ago, even as I was at Apostle Comus, uh, God shifted me into a, a, another ministry. And, of course, I left with honor, and I'm still considered a son in his ministry. But when God shifted me, he shifted me into a ministry that I went from worship to praise. It was unusual, Elder Parker. But I was determined to be there because, James, I knew that God called me there. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And when I set up under that ministry all of my life, I knew that eventually I'll be sent out. But I waited on the man of God to say, okay, it's okay for you to leave. And they sent this off. Why? Because I believe in the word of God. I believe that if you honor, honor will enter into your life. I believe that if you value those who God said before you, value will enter into your life. I also believe the opposite. If you dishonor, I believe dishonor is going to show up in your life. If you devalue, I believe you devalue yourself. So in order to get in this car, you have to honor. You have to value. You have to learn to follow leadership. Now, y'all know me here at Greater Works that I'm the leader that God has called out in order to empower leaders. I'm all for leadership. I want to see you guys thrive. I want to see you guys prosper. I want to see you guys get to the next level. I believe this ministry has been called out for believers to go to places they have never been. But the reality of it is, if you're called and you're dishonoring the call, then you're dishonoring yourself. So we have to get in place. Somebody say, I'm getting in in this season. I'm getting in, I'm getting in, I'm getting into his purpose, I'm getting into his agenda, I'm getting into his plan. If we're not careful, we would allow ourselves to think that we could do this thing by ourselves. We got a lot of philosophers on Facebook, Instagram, that they're preaching you don't need nobody. How you don't need nobody and God entitled his body as the body of Christ? I don't know about you, I don't even want to wake up with, without one eyebrow. I need you, eyebrow, you need to stay in my life. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? I want to wake up without my pinky. I need you, pinky. <laughs> so we need to understand this vehicle that we're taking. Somebody say the car is the body of Christ. Let me read this last scripture. I'm going to get you out of here. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 11th through the 16th verse. Look at what it says. It says, and he gave some. Who gave them? The Father. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the what for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry for the what the edifying of the body of Christ till what we all come into what unity of the faith yes. 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. I want to stop here because I want you to know that if I walk in faith, God sent me to you for you to walk in not a faith that's beneath the faith I walk in, but for us to get to a place through the teaching that he is revealing to me where we're all walking in the same faith. If I believe devils can be cast out through the word of God, then you should believe. If I believe I can turn a city upside down by standing on the corner witnessing in a fruit market, then you should believe. If I believe in healing, then you should believe in healing. If I believe that COVID-19 doesn't stand a chance against me and my family, then you should believe the same thing. If I believe the government of heaven is greater than any other government, then you should believe as well. If I believe that I can go from faith to faith and from glory to glory to carry out my assignment, then you should believe as well. If I believe that my tithe is going to bring me fruit in the near future a hundredfold, then you should believe as well. If I believe my children are going to be blessed, if I believe my ministry will be blessed, somebody say, then I'm going to believe as well God has not called us to be on different levels God has called us you know we, we talk about being unequally yoked in, in marriage but we don't want to be unequally yoked in ministry I don't want to call Elder Parker and he talking about faith and then I call Minister Lightfoot and he talking about doubt and unbelief. I want to call my brother Elder Parker and he's saying God is going to do it and then when I call my brother Minister Lightfoot, he said it's already done. And then when I call Elder Chris and she said he's working it out. When I call Elder, Elder Hicks, he said oh, you need to see what he did for me today. When I call Minister James, he said oh my God, my business is prospering, my finances is prospering, my marriage is prospering. I feel like I've been married for 25 years because I got this thing together. Somebody say, we are a people of faith. But we got to align ourselves. Do you know the most powerful position in the Bible, in the body of Christ, is when God called you to submit? Can I make it plain for you? When we don't teach accurately, even our wise feel that they're devalued because the word tells them to submit. The reality of it is, if you really look into the word of God and glean what it says, those who he have called to serve is always considered greater. <sighs> Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, who should be the greatest? I want to be the greatest. I cast out devils yesterday. I want to be the greatest. I'm the head of this clan. I want to be the Jesus said, them that serve shall be the greatest. Them that submit, them that follow, them that do what? Get in the back seat. Those are the individuals in 2021 that is going to be the greatest. I don't know about you, but I'm not standing up here to serve myself. I'm standing up here because I believe that God gave me something for me to serve you, to push you into 2021. Somebody say, without any doubt, without any fear, without any lack, I'm here to serve you because I don't want to go into heaven with one crown, but I want to go in there and God is saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. You served well. can't even get a crown in heaven without submitting 
You have to submit your body to be able to kneel for the crown to be placed upon you. We have to grow up in these last days and be a people that are willing to serve. And we can't serve without following. You know, I, I was, as I was studying this and God was giving me this, I, I was looking throughout the Bible and just thinking about who had the greatest ministries. And there were men and women of God that came on the scene, and it seemed like they came from nowhere, like Elijah. And he had an incredible ministry. There were people like Moses that seemed like he came from nowhere and had an incredible ministry. But when I look at all of the men and women of God of the Bible, and I look at those individuals who God don't say that they were serving anybody but him, and then I look at those who came up under them, my eyes gleam to see that although Elisha had a great ministry, it was Elisha that had a double portion. Although Moses had a great ministry, Moses didn't take them into the promised land. But it was a young man by the name of Joshua who held the cup and served Moses night and day. I'm here to tell you that there is power in serving and valuing and honoring those who God has sent you. And God is saying in this season, the only way I'm going to be able to move the way that I desire is when my house is in order and the individuals that I send in my house, they're willing to follow the leaders that I set before them because if they can't trust the leaders that I've sent, they can't trust me. God says you can't have it one way without the other. But in this season, I'm determined to trust every individual that God has called me to. Every individual that God has called me to partner to. I'm determined to submit until I go where he's taking me. Somebody say, I'm getting in, I'm getting in, I'm getting in, I'm getting in. So we see here, one of the things that we have to understand is that I believe we're in a season where God is sending people into ministries that will call on him and do what? Embrace the prophets. And we have to come to a place. What I want to encourage you today is to get in. Stand to your feet all over the place of God. Somebody say, this is my season. As you're standing, just hold your hands up and just say, this is my season to call upon the Lord. This is my season to believe in his prophets. This is my season to get in. I'm going to get in by following leadership in the name of Jesus. Somebody just repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you for planting me in this season in the ministry that you would have me flourish in. Help me not to look to the left or the right. Help me to follow God's sent leadership. If I'm supposed to be there at 11, help me to get there at 11. If I have an assigned time to preach, help me to prepare. If I have an assigned place to give, help me to give by faith. This is my season to thrive. While your heads are bowed, Father, in the name of Jesus, I did what I believe you told me to do today. Now I pray that your spirit would enlighten the hearts and eyes of your people. Let every word that I speak, let them seek it out for themselves. That they might come under the influence of your spirit in this season like never before. We have been driving long enough. Even this ministry, we confess today that we're going to get in the back seat. Whatever you're saying, whatever you're doing, 
we want to ride along with you. We no longer just want to walk with you, but we want to ride with you because this is the year of acceleration. You're causing us to go at a speed we never thought we would be able to go at. You're causing us to tap into the spirit in ways we have never been able to tap into. And I pray by the spirit of the living God all that you have sent us that they don't slack off in this season, but they come under the influence of your spirit. Father, because I delivered this word the way that I believe you have called me to, there is no blood on my hands. Your people have heard the word, and now they're responsible for what they have heard. And I pray, Lord, that they don't take that responsibility for granted, that they would recognize any time they serve, they're walking in greatness. I thank you today that you're doing a new thing in this ministry and that you're sending leaders that just want you in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to ask Elder Kristen and Elder Parker just to come to the front real quickly. If there's anybody that need prayer today, if anybody want to give your life to the Lord, if anybody that's believing God for anything, I want you to come now and allow God to minister to you. We believe that this is a season where God is doing something fresh. He's doing something new. He's doing something exciting. But we must be willing to get in. Somebody say, I'm getting in. I'm getting in. I'm getting in. Amen. Give you that opportunity. As the musicians are playing, we want to give you that opportunity to come to the front. You might want to stand in proxy for somebody else. All they want to hear is what it is that you want me to believe God with you for. And you can come to the altar if you need prayer. Hallelujah. As, as we're waiting on those who might want to come, let's just worship him. Father, we love you. We adore you. We take nothing for granted. You're so beautiful. You're so holy. You're so awesome. Help us to get in, Lord. Help us to get into your plan, your purpose. Help us to understand your will, your word. Help us to illuminate your scriptures, Lord. We worship you. You're so wonderful. Come on, people of God, let's worship him as we get out of this atmosphere in a minute. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Tell him, take everything. Take everything. Woo. We just want you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your great name. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Take everything. Take everything. I don't want it. I don't need it. God, take everything. I don't want it. I don't need If you're online and you want to give your life to the Lord, all you got to do is call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says you shall be saved. Just want you. I just want you, I just want you, take every, woo, we just want you, we just want you, we just want you. Come on, everybody together, take everything, Lord. I don't want it. I don't 
Elder Chris, so let's get set for communion. I just want you. Oh, I just want you. Come on, lift your hands and say, I just want. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Oh, take. We just want you. Just want you. that as we get in the boat, we thank God that we can get in the boat because God has given us grace and mercy so you don't have to worry about your past. You don't have to worry about if the key is going to open the door for me to get in. God has given you the blood of Jesus. When he died on the cross, that's your access to get in. So today we thank God for the opportunity to partake in Holy Communion, which is in remembrance of him and what he did for us on the cross. God gives us the access to his throne because he died on the cross for each and every one of us. And this wasn't just for one person, but it was for all mankind. He did it for everybody, even with, even the, the, the person that's sitting next to you. Everybody, he's given us access to the blood of Jesus. So today we do this in remembrance of him as we prepare our hearts and our minds to do this on today. We're going to ask that you prepare your hearts and minds as you're preparing your heart and mind, thinking about the goodness of Jesus and everything that he has done for us. And when he died on the cross, he not only died, but they pierced him in his side. And the blood and the water that came out was in the remission of our sins that we can have access to him and to eternal life. So as we are preparing our hearts and our minds for today, we'll be so careful as to prepare by washing our hands and to cleanse our hands. In Psalms it says to give me a contrite heart and spirit before God. And so today we'll be so careful as we come before the table, we come before him asking God that he will clean us up and we do with a clean heart and a clean spirit on today. Amen. We wash Amen. our hands as a symbol of Thank you, purity. Lord. The word of God says, who will enter into the holy hill of the Lord except those with clean yes. hands. So we symbolize purity as we wash our hands before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians 11, 26 through 30 says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let he eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And at this time, we're going to examine ourselves in prayer. Amen. Just bow your heads with me real quickly and say, Father, if there's anything in me that's not like you, Please take it out of me. Please take it out of me. Father, I just want to be obedient. Father, I just want to be obedient. I just want to carry out your assignment. I just want to carry out your assignment. I thank you. I thank you. That as I take this communion. As I take this communion. It's a sign of our relationship. It's a sign of our relationship. It's a sign of our covenant. It's a sign of our covenant. And it's a sign of our love for it's one another. It's a sign of our love for one another. In Jesus' name. for me. Way back. Way back on camera. 
was the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and break it. Amen. By faith, we take this bread. Way back, way back. We take this bread as a symbol of God's broken body and we break it. And as we break it, we thank God that deliverance, healing, and the glory of the Lord will flow through this broken body in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may serve the people of God. They're going to come around, and as they come around, you can take one. Oh, oh, oh. 